We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? Uh, can you sense the excitement in my voice? Is it excitement? Is it nervousness? That we're going to fuck this up? Oh, man. You know, it's <laughs> you know what week it is when I'm cursing within 18 seconds of the beginning of the podcast as Andrew was laughing in the background. Hi, Andrew. Hi, John. I, too, am waiting with nervous anticipation of whether or not they're going to fuck this up. We, well, let me first by, start by saying we have one of my favorite uh, pods to do of the year, which is Jonathan Wasserman comes on on draft week. And it's it's so great. We just recorded the interview. And you could tell that this is an individual who is just under an immense amount of stress. Very ready for the next three days to happen. And then we're on to 2023. But it's also great because he like he doesn't beat around the bush on anything. He just gives you like the straight facts. And you're going to I'm not going to spoil anything, but you're going to get a lot of good intel. Uh, that's uh, that's enough from us. Let's get to uh, my conversation with Bleacher Reports. Jonathan Wasserman. Joining me now on the next film school podcast. Uh, for the third annual pre-draft, draft eve mock mock-up, I don't know. We should think of a better name for this. Um, he is the uh, the world famous, the best in the business. Bleacher Report's own Jonathan Wasserman. How many of your guests are the best in the business? You know, my friend, many are good, but the best? No, 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 no. Andrew, who who's the best? It's just I don't think anyone. Well. Nobody in my book is the best in the business compared to Mr. Washman because it is yet another time where a Mets fan joins us here on the Knicks Film School podcast. Ooh. And we got to stick together out here because things are good. Things are real good for us right now. Jonathan. Things are good. In fact, I left my hat in the other room. I'm disappointed I didn't bring it in. That's Don't worry. You're, I'm wearing it for both of us, even though this will not be airing throughout the rest of the interview. <laughs> <laughs> 
I want to start just with a, a general question. Well, kind of general, kind of related to a specific team and a specific pick. As you said, we always hear a bunch of shit in the days leading up to the draft and a lot of it's nonsense teams just trying to see what they could get. And then oftentimes not much ends up happening. Do you feel that this year is unique in any way in that there is a, I mean, nothing's ever consensus, but more or less a consensus fourth guy on the most teams boards after the top three. And that player has come out and said, I mean, he'd say I'm, you know, in his many words, he was like, I'm not going to Sacramento or I don't want to go to Sacramento. I have no desire to, to you know, I haven't talked to them. What did he say? It would be the worst thing in the world. I, I wish someone would have followed him up with like, well, what would be worse than going to the game? <laughs> a really indirect way of saying I don't want to go there. Yeah. Um, is, does this make it unique or is it just kind of the same song and dance? I mean, we've kind of heard that story before. It's definitely like usually... I guess it starts to get murky at two and three, but it seems like everyone is the same four guys at the top. I mean, I would say, I don't know anyone that has a different top four. You know, okay. The order is a little different within the three, but like there's the big three freshman bigs. Jaden Ivey is next for anyone I've really spoken to. And I don't, I can't speak to the 300 staffers in the NBA. So I'm sure there's somebody who thinks that Ivy's overrated, but man, he is, he's pretty much like the consensus number four guy. And it makes for an interesting dilemma here at number four with Sacramento and De'Aaron Fox and their need to win now and teams looking to move up who need a guard. So like the second that the lottery order came out, you knew that this type of talk was going to happen. Um, do you get a sense from talking to whoever you've been talking to that? Uh, Cause we, I feel like I've read somewhere that Vivek Ranadiva, the King's owner has, is, was maybe a little involved in terms of like we, if we want Ivy, we're going to take Ivy or that's what like somebody had heard or reported, or do you, what do you, how do you think they're going to operate with this? I think they're going to try and have a bidding war for the pick. Okay. Like as everybody's saying, the price right now is steep. And of course, as we get closer to draft night, it's going to, it's going to drop a little bit just to make it realistic, but there are going to be a bunch of teams who want Ivy and they know that that's going to be the guy who's going to be there. Um, there's going to be pretty much there's certainty around that that they're going to get one of those top four guys. Like it's possible OKC surprises everyone and then takes Ivy, but then still there's somebody really good at number four anyway. Sure. One of those two other bigs, um, and so I think they're going to try and you know have a bidding war, get a lot of people involved, see what the best offer is, um, and I don't know what their offers are going to be like. Like I don't know if anybody's going to offer a star or what they think of John Collins or yeah. would they rather take a package of like, you know, OB and picks or quickly and picks and stuff like that. I don't know exactly what they want and nobody really knows what they, what they want. That was going to be my next question. Does anybody have a set? Cause like, you know, we could sit in here and talk about like, is the, is a future Knicks potentially unprotected pick the best asset you could have in the league outside of a King's future unprotected pick and they, you know, they can't trade for their own picks. So like, I don't know, that might be really valuable to them. Right. Like yeah, no, I saw, I saw Begley's report. What did he say? It was multiple first rounders plus a young player. Uh, I think he said they've discussed multiple firsts and then he surmised that it would probably take that and a good young player. Right. That's exactly. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing it would take even, they wouldn't settle on that until they found out that there was like not a, another star that they could get plus picks. So again, nothing's going to happen until right before the draft with the comes to that Kings pick. Um, and at this point, I'm guessing based on the offers I'm hearing, 
um, that they're going to end up sticking and they're going to keep the pick. And they can always, like we just saw what they do with Halliburton. They could take Halliburton and they could take Ivy and then trade him. You know, they've shown a willingness to do that where you take the most valuable asset, figure out if it works, and you could still trade him after the draft. Sure. They could still take Ivy knowing that demand is still going to be there after the draft. Um, and maybe demand might be higher. Uh, people might, teams might feel a little more desperate knowing what they were left with after they didn't get Ivy. So in my mind, I still have them taking Ivy just based wow. on logic, just based on him, him being the consensus best player available. Of course, I saw that they took Keegan Murray out to dinner. I don't really see the Keegan Murray thing. Like I, I, you know, everyone talks about he's the easier fit. Well, is he really the easier fit? I mean, I, I he kind of is the same position. I don't see him as a wing. I see him more as a big. Um, and so I don't know. It's not, I don't think that's the easiest fit either. And I still think like, I don't know anyone that likes Keegan Murray more than Ivy. So they would really, really have to value character, not to say Ivy's a bad dude or anything. Keegan's got like a, is very, has a great character reputation in terms of being just a good guy who, who blends in, has is really low maintenance and um, just a very likable kid. So I could, you know, if they put a lot of stock into that, then I could see it. But man, Ivy is like no, better higher on board than every other board I've ever talked to. Um, last question on the Kings before we move on to an organization that maybe we'll, we'll know a little bit more about. Um, would Could they do anything that would like truly shock you, whether it's trading De'Aaron Fox, taking Murray outright? Like, is there any move that you could, that they could make that would absolutely like floor you? Shaden Sharp at four. That would be my, that would be my, if I were to bet money on something, you know, that nobody's thinking about. I've heard I've heard, and it's a weird thing to hear. It's like I heard a, a team in the top four really like Shaden Sharp. I also know that it could be Oklahoma City a trade down situation. Sure, Sharp is like if you're gonna if you're gonna do something crazy, Sharp was the number one ranked recruit, and just all number one ranked recruits turn out to be good players at the least. And so, if they're not in love, if they're not in love with the fit with Ivy, because he's he's probably a negative shooter early in his career. And that's your three best players with Fox, Sabonis, and Ivy negative shoot. I mean, if they're thinking yeah. about that, um, and they could, you can make a case that Sharp has as much upside as any player not named of the top three, or even including the top three. And um, he's a he's a shooter, so I could see in terms of upside, in terms of fit, um, that Sharp would be a wild card pick at four. Um, I, I know it's mostly you know you're getting asked about Intel at this time of year, but I, I do just want to ask really one quick question on Ivy. Do you think he's worth this much trouble or this much attention? Um, I mean, it depends what, what worth we're talking about. And, and, you know, when you're talking about the Knicks in terms of upside, like is the upside real in your mind with him? So the way I was just going back, I was looking, it was just comparing numbers to John Morant. I know he gets the John Morant comparison a lot. I don't think that's the same archetype of player. I actually think he's more like Oladipo, but I would say okay. like, he's like an 80% of John Morant. I mean, I think he's got the chance to be an all-star, but not, not a, a Morant type guy who can like totally change your team. I don't think yeah. Ivy's changing any team by himself. You still have to build a team with him, but can he be a, 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 two or three guy on a, on a winning team. I think he can okay. he's the right fit and he's probably not helping change a team next year. I mean, he's, he's got some, he's a, he's not a great decision maker. He's not a great shooter off the dribble, but uh, you know, if you're thinking long-term and you put the right structure, the right team around him, I think he's got a chance to be a, a key piece to a winning team. Yeah. Okay. Um, moving down the draft board a little bit, it feels like we have heard reports 
Portland at seven, New Orleans at eight. Um, maybe not San Antonio, but uh, Washington at 10 and obviously our beloved uh, New York Knicks at 11. Uh, everybody wants to trade uh, their pick uh, potentially for, for win now talent. I, I, <laughs> it, it feels not, I don't want to say it feels strange to me, but like, why did, <laughs> what's your best explanation? Like what does, does no one, is no one just very high on the talent that's going to be there or they just want to try to get something better? I think some of the worst value in the draft is late lottery. In my Interesting. Opinion. Okay. And so I just think once you miss on those top three guys and Ivy has the next, you know, has star potential, you know, perceived to have star potential. Keegan Murray just feels like a safe pick. You know, he's going to be an NBA starter for a while. Okay. And then, and, and Shaden Sharp has that start. Once you, once you get past Sharp, I mean, we're talking about now Ben Matherin as like the number five or number six pick. I mean, to me, that's a weak five or six pick okay. you know, in another draft. Um, and Jalen Duran, like, you know, yeah, he's probably going to be a starting center, but he's just not super exciting. Johnny Davis, I'm not too high on as a top 10 guy. Um, I think you just start to lose excitement over those guys. You know, AJ Griffin's fine. He's going to be a starter, I, I would imagine. But it's nothing, nothing to like celebrate, you know, if you get him a 10 in the draft, you feel fine about it, but you don't really enter a draft with him as like a main target. He's more of a plan B. Most of those guys are plan Bs, I think, in that eight to 14 range. So I think you either want to move up or you maybe want to move down if you're in the late lottery range. I just think that's where the weakest value is. Um, and we also have heard, I feel like, about teams that are a little bit lower down on the draft board that are trying to move up is this again is this like something where they have a guy in mind and they want to make sure they get him or they are or some of maybe those teams lower down the board sensing that teams a little higher are not in love with any of these guys and they may be able to get one of these picks on the cheap like you had a great tweet today saying from 11 to 30 no one's in love with any of these guys so if anybody puts a 2023 first on the table you're going to be able to get some real value in this draft yeah, no, that, I think that's part, I have a, a prediction that teams are going to just be looking to get out. You know, once their guys are off the board, it's like, well, if I could just swap this pick for 2023, um, then I'd do it. I'm sure some teams have certain targets, you know, like a Dyson Daniels, for example, is like becoming an attractive, unique player mm -hmm. who you could probably get in the late lottery. Um, and it may not take a lot to get into the late lottery this year. So, um, I don't know. It's different for every team. You know, the Hawks, the team I continue to hear are like really pushing to move. Um, it feels like they're in every rumor. <laughs> yeah. 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 They, I mean, they must be, they must be making a lot of phone calls to a lot of different teams. Cause you always hear these rumors. You don't hear them like from the Hawks. You hear other teams who are like, sure. yeah, the Hawks made an offer. You know, all this stuff is indirect Intel. It's just kind of weird, but that's just the way it is. I mean, like, it's not like the magic are like telling people who they're going to take. You're hearing from other teams who have friends in the magic organization, you know, so it's tough to say what exactly every team is doing, but Atlanta is definitely the hottest as the name mentioned, most of a team looking to move up. Uh, you mentioned Johnny Davis before. I want to pick your brain for a second about him because like, it, I feel like in a, in a league where shot creation is, is well, efficient shot creation is the name of the game. He's like watching the tape. It feels like he is the, most shot creator -y guy. <laughs> and yet, if you try to translate his skill set to something that's more of an off ball role, whether it's about his like release point, whether it's about his like three point percentage where it ended up with all that stuff, the picture, the picture gets less pretty. Do you think where he's settled into in terms of the draft is more 
like a result of well, I, I'll just come out and ask you, why do, where do, why do you think he settled into this range of the draft given his particular skill set? I don't think everyone's buying the creation, the shot create. What did you call it? Creation. Creation <laughs> is a little bit overrated, I think, in my opinion. No, I mean, he had like a 32% usage this year. He was involved in every play. Like he's, yes, he improved a lot as a creator. I think a lot of the shots he created were tough. Yeah. And if you look at the, just going and doing like a deep dive in the numbers, like, if you look at a, a listing of guys who took as many mid-range shots as he did and had as few assists as he did, it's like a bad – the list of guys is, is bad. Not what you want. Okay. So he's a, he's a high-usage guy who doesn't get you assists, and most of the shots he takes are contested twos. The analytics guys probably don't like him. You know, with Johnny Davis – and I was being harsh when I said I'm not a fan of his. Like, I'm a fan of his, I guess, in the late lottery of this draft. Okay. I don't see, like, the star player he was in college – I used I, I compare him to Josh Hart. That's been my comparison all year. Okay. I think it'd be a nice complimentary score. Certainly, I, I don't see like a, a star like top two option. Um, um, it's just the, the type of guy he is. What I do see translating though is the effort, the energy, the competitiveness, um, and just uh, I love the fact that he makes big shots. Like he's got balls. Like he's somebody you want to put put the rock in his hands at the end of a quarter. And, and you feel like I remember just watching this year, anytime Julius Randle had the ball at the end of a quarter, you expected like a step back miss. I feel more comfortable with Johnny Davis at the end of a quarter. He just, he just, you just feel you trust him a little bit more. And, and you can just see it in his eyes. Like he cannot wait to take that shot. And so I like that stuff about him, but in terms of a guy, when I like build around and, and you know, sure, give pretty percent of my offense to not quite. Jonathan, I, I trust you more at the end of the clock. Than I do, Julius <laughs> Randall, uh, or at least the the version that we saw. If my feet are set and I'm in the corner and I and I'm in rhythm. Then then I feel creating you my know, own shot right now in my 30s is is a struggle. Only since his name came up, I just have to ask. It's not a, not really a draft question, although I guess it kind of is. Do you have any clue as to what Julius Randall's value is around the league at the moment? Because I don't. No, I don't. I mean, it's obviously not. It's it's not. You're not going to get much for him. I, I don't think it's like negative. I, some of the stuff I That's see, what I was. Yeah. That's what I'm asking. I don't think it's like negative where you have to like attach a first round put pick just to get rid of him. Um, but I don't think teams are going to give up like young players or future picks for him. I, I think it's, I, it, it's, it's, it's a weird spot. I mean, I, I don't think I've ever seen a guy go so high and go so low so fast. I mean, I would say like the, 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 at one point, the best thing to happen for the Knicks was Julius Randle becoming this star. And the worst thing to happen to the Knicks was Julius Randle becoming that star. <laughs> and suddenly, like, you know, where the expectations change, he yeah. gets the contract, and then we find out, shit, it was kind yeah. of fluky. And so now they're kind of stuck. So uh, it's it's a really rare situation what happened with him. Yeah, it is for sure. Um, the other guy you mentioned before, uh, picked your brain about is uh, AJ Griffin. I... I, we don't have to talk about his tape because I mean, it's, it's kind of, I mean, he's a shooter and he doesn't, does he do anything else? Well, in your estimation right now, because I would not feel comfortable saying that he does. So I'll say this, like I, I wrote an article three years ago and it was like picking the young, the young guy. He must've been 16 years old. He was 16. Actually he played for the U 16 USA team. And I said, oh, he's okay. number one overall candidate. Or he was, he would be my pick if I had to make a ridiculous, you know, as we do the way too early projections. Sure. Yeah. But I had him as the number one guy. Like there were flashes of shot creation. Um, actually, shooting wasn't even his thing. It was more shot making. Like he was a high level shot maker 
In fact, it was like fadeaways. It was step backs. And he was doing it at 6'6", 210 pounds at 16 years old. And so maybe there's more creation to tap into there. Okay. He's not a great athlete. He's probably going to, that creation is probably going to have to be a lot of like East West stuff, like that tough, those tough shots for him to really maximize his potential. Like RJ. Kind sure. Of. Like, but, but RJ is so good at getting downhill. Like I don't see Griffin getting downhill a lot. In fact, he took like 1.2 free throws a game or something like that. Like, I, he just does not put a lot of pressure on the rim. And so for him to really, you know, bust through his ceiling and be more than a shooter, he's going to have to just be a, a high level shot creator from, from three levels. Um, so that, and I still think it's possible. He really is. I mean, I don't know if he's the youngest, he's not the youngest guy in the draft, but he's pretty close. I think it's Duran and then uh, Griffin. And I feel like I'm forgetting an international guy. Yeah. Yeah. Jovic is young. Jang is young anyway, but um, he's, he's, he's young and, and he's obviously his body is not normal for a, for an 18 year old. No, and he's also, he seems pretty self-aware and a smart kid. Like he's somebody you would want to bet on. Um, and you know, it, the, the injury concerns are, are, did they play a role in why he seems so slow? Is he going to get more explosive over the years? He was had a bad knee in high school. He started off, behind the eight ball at Duke because he didn't yeah. play in the beginning and his role was really small and then it got bigger. So I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think he's a safe pick um, is, is the outcome, you know, the chances of his outcome becoming star are pretty small, but I do think there is a path to upside there. Um, all right. A couple more. Let me get you out of here. I'm going to try not to get in trouble with this next question with uh, anybody who listens. So the, <laughs> the Brogdon stuff is out there. Uh, I, I, we've heard differing, Things uh, Ian Bagley came had a report a couple hours ago before we were recording this saying that like people with the Pacers came away with the impression that Brogdon is not their top option. Like the way you're talking about the players who are going to probably be on the board for the Knicks, would it shock you if they did a deal centered around the 11th pick for a guy like Malcolm Brogdon? You think it would it would shock me, even though like he's got to be tempting. Because there's a, a maturity about his game, but uh, you know, based on Rose's decisions over the years, over the two years that he's been with the Knicks, like he's a quick fix to nowhere. You know, it's, yeah. it's how much better does he make the next year? And then you have to commit to him, and you know, the injury history is obvious. But I would be, I'm sure they they would love to get him if they didn't have to pay a price for him, um, or they can get some shitty contracts off. But I, I I just don't see it happening. Okay. Um. I hope you're right. I really do. Um. Because I I'm like you. I he's, I think he's a road to nowhere. And that's not to disparage him as a basketball player. I think he's a, you know he's a decent player. He's just just not, not for this team at this exact moment. Thank thank you. Uh, like quickly twenty five minutes. Well, we could have a we could have all kinds of conversations. Stop myself. Having... Stop myself short to get into that because we could be here all day. Yeah. Do you still like quickly a lot? <laughs> do I like him a lot? I do. I think he can contribute to winning in, in the right role. I've, I've always been hesitant to say he's, you know, the Knicks point guard of the future. Sure. I still love when he plays to his strengths. I, I you know, I always call him like the, a great player to have when you're losing, <laughs> you know, just put him in and let him like, you know, make plays, but can you trust him to run offense and make the right decisions and balance the scoring with playmaking? And I will say I was totally wrong about quickly. He was 40 on my board. So I was okay. wrong about him to begin with. I didn't see any of this coming, um, particularly like how crafty and, and fun he is to watch with some of his his moves and shots. So just that to me is a surprise. But I, I enjoy when he's in the game. 
I think he makes the team better um, when the right guys are around him and they're playing with energy and, and maybe, um, you know, it's, it's looser. He, that's what I said when they're down and he doesn't have to be as tight and he can just play his game and not think. That's when he's yeah, I like that. Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll get out of here on some, some quick ones. Uh, we had three years in a row. Uh, what was it? Uh, Cam Johnson and then Jalen yeah, Smith and then Josh Primo with the Spurs uh, last year. A real surprise in the top 10. Well, actually, I think two of those were at 10 and maybe one was another. Whatever. It was around 10. Um, are we going to get something of that ilk in this year's draft, do you think? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised this year just because there's nobody like, you know, like I was saying, there's nobody super exciting. So why not take a chance on a guy like, you know, the way Spurs do with Josh Primo? Um, Jalen Williams, Santa Clara would be my pick of okay. surprise guys. I mean, he's just really likable and safe and he fits the game so easily and he's going to fit any team playing one through three. I mean, I don't even know. He might be more of a two, three than a one, two. Yeah. I don't even think it matters. I just think he's an easy fit and, and he's crushing interviews and everybody likes him. And some team might just say, screw it. I let's just play it safe with this guy that, that we know is going to fit. We know we're going to like as a character guy. And so he'd be my surprise option in the top 13, 13 or so. Okay. Uh, inverse question. Is there someone that's currently projected to go on the higher side that you think falls? Um, I wouldn't be shocked if Duran slipped outside the lottery. I mean, huh. Wow. Okay. I mean, I, I also wouldn't be shocked if he goes seven, but he's just one of those guys where it's like you can kind of get centers who don't shoot, create, you know, fairly cheap in the free agent market. And, um, you know, maybe you know, I, Robert Williams is changing my mind. And I always think of him. I always think of, I'm thinking of Duran as like a final link to help a team, not somebody you, you start to build with. You know what I'm saying? Like, like with yeah. Mitchell Robinson, like the only reason I'd be hesitant about Mitchell Robinson is he, he doesn't really make them that much better over the next three years, but a team that's like missing that rim protector might want to add Mitchell Robinson and that okay. would elevate them. So I don't know. I think depending on the team and their mindset, Duran is a, a possibility who could slip, but um, that's just me. If I had to pick somebody, I, I don't, I'm not guessing that he does slip. Okay. Um, the, I requisite uh, the Knicks have a, the 42nd pick in the draft. Anyone you like top of the second round? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, somebody's in this. I really like Josh Minot from from Memphis, and I saw. I think Hollinger had him at like tenth on his list or something for the, for this draft recently. Tenth is a stretch. Tenth, <laughs> that's just that's a stretch. Statement there that you like him. Um, I, he's he would a lot would have to go right over the next few years, but um, I don't know. To me, he's just an upside guy with with first round. I think I had him in the top thirty to start the year. I okay. played fifteen minutes a game. It's like how do you have that much confidence? A guy who plays so little and he and he's not much of a shooter. Although he showed up to the combine and I was sitting with the scout and he was like totally writing down like, Ooh, changed his shot mechanics. Like he's, he's making an effort to improve his shooting or doing something different, which you feel good about. But to me, he's, you know, in a, in a group full of, uh, in a, in a crapshoot area to me, he's a guy with first round potential, but I mean, we could do this all day. There's a, there's a lot of interesting guys. I don't know who's going to be there. I like Andrew Nemhart, although I'm told a, he won't be there. And I'm also told that the Knicks didn't bring him in. Um, Ryan Rollins is another guy who I'd imagine the Knicks, Ryan Rollins from Toledo, Toledo, yeah, shot creator. If we're talking about shot creationery. He's got, 
Um, We're making up blue words left and right. So okay. I'll use that in my next article. I'll give you a shout out. Please um, do. He's a, he's a, a fun player just because he can get his own bucket in a lot of different ways. And I think if you're the Knicks, I mean, you, you got to value that. Um, and of course, we we end as we always do. Tell us what will that we have to hold you to this. Obviously, your your job depends on this one. What will the Knicks do on draft night? I, I think um, I think it'll be AJ Griffin if they stick. I've okay. kind of gone back and forth on that. I think Griffin would be the guy. I'd, um, if he trades down, I don't see the trade up happening. I just, even though I'm sure that they're really trying to get it done, I can't see them trading up. I would either guess he trades down or out. You know, like one of those drafts where everybody boos, but it might not be a terrible decision. But if they stick, I would go with Griffin. So you think out is a possibility, but you would you don't think it would be for Brogdon. So you you, you think maybe like a a future asset potentially could be in play. Yeah, I think okay. they could just go for another 2023 pick and just add it to the the collection and either use it use it to pick somebody or, or include it in a trade. I, I can't see the Brockman thing happening. It just seems to uh, too against his, his strategy since he kind of came into the organization. It's classic Knicks. Uh, it's a classic Knicks move, which is why I'm, I'm every, it's like every time I think I'm out, they pull me back in. That's how I feel with this Brockman thing. I don't want to believe that it is a thing, but that was the I, thing that, that's one of the reasons why I kind of like Rose is that he knows what classic Knicks is and he's trying to not do that. So it seems like it, right? But have, has he just been doing it long enough to dupe us into thinking he's not going to do it now? And then, uh, Jonathan Wasserman, you're a, a scholar and a gentleman. Could you tell the fine folks at home where they could find you and uh, maybe where to look look for you on draft night? Are you tweeting? What are you What are you doing? Um, I'll have my mock draft out tomorrow, and it'll just be updated through Thursday. I'll be on NBA TV a lot this next couple of days. Oh, awesome! That's uh, awesome! That's really cool. Tomorrow, tomorrow night, I'll be on NBA TV. Uh, doing a mock draft with Steve Smith and Andy Katz. And so then, that's when, so to be clear, because we're taping this Tuesday, it'll air oh, yeah, on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. So, when, right. so Wednesday night, you're going to be on NBA TV doing the mock draft. And then Thursday, I'm doing the whole pre-draft coverage on NBA TV. So check out, if you're not in the mood to watch ESPN, check out NBA TV. Why wouldn't anyone want to watch ESPN, Jonathan? <laughs> why, why do you hate ESPN? <laughs> Sorry, that's a, that's a bit that we have on the show. Uh, why, why do you hate? And then insert young Knicks player here. Right, right, right. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan, thank you so much, man. All right, fellas. This is fun. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey guys, quick break to tell you about our new sponsor, HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh offers the flexibility you need with customizable orders every week. You can add extra proteins and sides, change up the serving size when you have guests, or just double up on your favorite recipes so your box works harder for you. You can easily change your delivery days or food preferences or skip a week whenever you need. Feeding the whole family has never been easier with larger box sizes for more servings and more savings. HelloFresh also offers convenient, contact-free delivery right to your doorstep for easy home cooking with the family. The recipes are easy to follow and quick to make, with steps and pictures to guide you along the way. HelloFresh cuts out stressful meal planning and grocery store trips, so you can enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in about 30 minutes or less. HelloFresh is 30% cheaper than shopping at your local grocery store. Plus, you skip the checkout lines. Try our quick and easy meals, which include 15 to 20 minute dinners, breakfast on the go, and 10 minute lunches in HelloFresh Market. Perfect for your busy schedule. Enjoy restaurant quality meals for less in the comfort of your own home. HelloFresh's gourmet recipes like balsamic fig sirloin are over 72% cheaper than an average restaurant meal. Look, guys, I don't have to tell you how busy I can be with all the work I do for Nick's Film School, as well as my show Final Review. My fiance is just as busy, and when that question comes up every night, what do you want for dinner, rarely do we both have answers. Well, we've actually been customers of HelloFresh for over a year, and we're thrilled when we found out about this sponsorship. Not only is the food delicious, but it's convenient to make and takes away that simple anxiety of what you're going to have for dinner that night. They send you a week's worth of meals, you cook them, you prepare them, you eat them, and and then by the weekend, a new box for the following week shows up. It's that simple. Go to HelloFresh.com slash FilmSchool16 and use promo code FilmSchool16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. That's HelloFresh.com slash FilmSchool16 and use promo code FilmSchool16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. All right. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with uh, Bleacher Reports, Jonathan Wasserman. He is the best in the business. Um, if you are, I don't think he actually said his Twitter handle. So I am going to quickly, let's see, who who could look it up first, me or Andrew? It's at NBA Draft Was. That, there it is. Yes. Perfect. Uh, follow him because he. the nice thing about following him and putting him on notifications, if you're a crazy person like me and you have like, 18 different NBA people on notifications. Um, he doesn't tweet a lot, even though it's draft time. And when he tweets about something, it's usually something pretty good. Um, so yeah, definitely follow him. Check out when his final mock will drop on, uh, I probably out by the time you, you hear this. 
Um, before we get there, I'm just going to ask you very simply, what is the thing? I think it's probably an easy, easy thing, but I'll ask you, what is the realistic thing? So like no 11th pick, you know, and some stuff for like Russell Westbrook. Um, what's the what's the realistic thing the Knicks could do on draft night that you think would piss off Knicks Twitter the most? Eleven for Brogdon. Eleven for Brogdon. Okay. Yeah, like if you're trading eleven and it's not for like additional draft capital, I actually understand if they trade back if it's like adding. We were talking about this before we we jumped on here. I understand if they trade back and you're getting an additional pick in 2023, a draft that's supposed to be significantly better. And then you're adding another chip to potentially move up in that draft. Um, I get that. What I wouldn't get is, and you're going to kind of hear it in the interview that we're about to have the Brogdon move, especially if it's for a first round pick and nothing else is, is kind of like spinning your tires in mud. I don't, I don't, just start manual quickly at that point. The the interesting thing, and I just I noticed this as I was putting together tomorrow's newsletter because I it, this is the time of year where I'm like just like updating the newsletter like every half an hour with like different stuff that comes out. Um, Woj, let, so we're recording this on on Tuesday late afternoon. So I, I think it was very late on Monday night. Woj went on ESPN and talked about Washington and New York being in in on Brogdon, mm-hmm. but he mentioned Washington as the more aggressive, I guess, of those, two, uh, of those suitors, which is, I think something that was backed up by a Jake Fisher tweet a little while ago, but um, who's the one who didn't go to Portland, who the, isn't working for the Blazers. So who's, who's left at ESPN, Jonathan Gavoni, right? Yes. Yes. So, but Gavoni has the opposite take and this was in his mock draft and then on the low post where he's like I think the Knicks are going to be the one who's more inclined to give up the pick and uh, Washington will is less likely to trade 10 there is the point is there's I mean and you could say this about all of this shit that's flying around right now there's a lot of gamesmanship and a lot of stuff going on right now I want to shout out my cousin Ryan whose wedding I was in Nashville for a couple weeks ago Um, he texted me today uh, a gif of Barney Stinson saying, I hate you. And I was like, what did I do? And he was like, you guys have made me have anticipation for draft night. And I didn't a week ago. And now yeah. because of how you're covering it and the Ivy possibilities and the trade-up possibilities and the, the movement possibilities, I am now excited for draft night, but I'm also nervous for draft night. And if this could end up being disappointed, disappointing. I hate you. So love you cuz. And I, I get it. I hate myself too. If I, if we got anybody excited about the potential of draft night, then, you know, buckle up. Uh, I'll say this. I, I'm going to actually go the opposite way from the, well, I, first of all, I agree with your answer. I think it'll be, it would be 11 for pride. And um, it almost wouldn't matter what salary they could send back to Indiana. Like they could send who are the, the next two worst contracts are Kemba and Nerlens. Uh, they could do Brogdon, you know, but again, it gets like dicey. Like if it was for those two contracts and then Indiana is sending back the uh, Cavs pick from uh, next year that they own, which is lottery protected. And if it falls within the lottery, it then converts to two future second rounders. Like does that soften the blow at all? Like I, there are all these different, machinations and scenarios. I agree with you in general. If they trade, if they got Brogdon on draft night, people would be pissed off. It also ends the Jalen Brunson conversation. 
I they're not getting they're agree. not getting Brunson if if they just traded for Brogdon. That means they know he's it means going they back know to that Dallas. They're not getting Brunson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly. I, I agree with you. Um, I'll take it in the other direction though, which is to say, I I actually think if in, if they don't wind up doing a trade like that, and I don't even know who the other player who another player would be. Other than Brock, I don't know Miles Turner, like it's, it's, what something like that, something something shitty. I, I don't think people are going to walk away disappointed because even if they do a trade down and pick up an additional asset, I bet you they get pretty good value. I, I would that would be my my wager because I don't think they would trade down unless it was really worth their while. Yeah, I, it's a boring uh, transaction on draft night, like. No one gets excited for the 11th pick for three months like we have. And then all of a sudden, it's it's literally what happened last year. We were like, oh, 1921. What could happen? Oh, we're picking 20, 25th again. Okay. And then we're it, it's it's Quentin Grimes, Deuce McBride, Roka, Rokas, Jacobitis, and uh, Jericho Sims, you know, and like it's it's great asset accumulation, which like Jeremy will be proud of us looking ahead. If you don't love somebody at 11, like add to the treasure chest, look like 2023 is supposed to be a stacked draft. And if you don't love, if you're not able to go up and get the guy, which it seems like they're going to try and do. And it seems like Vegas is taking advantage of people that think the Knicks will do. You can't go get <laughs> How dare Ivy, you, sir. Yeah. If you can't go get Ivy, then add to the treasure chests and use your assets better next year. Yeah. I, I, I dig that concept. I, um, but the, you know, there's different sized treasures in the treasure chest. And, and I think that the reason people will probably be bummed, Grant, look, you never know. Maybe somebody is, maybe someone falls to 11 and somebody is in love with that player. And like, but again, based on everything that you, you could tell from this draft, this is not the draft where you're going to get a guy. Like, this is okay. Perfect example the, the Justice Winslow draft, when Justice Winslow was falling and like uh, Miami. Or uh, no, Miami. Sorry, uh, Boston was really you know mm-hmm. hot for him. That I that type of thing is not. It, it doesn't seem like it's going to happen. Not in this draft, at least. But you never know. We'll see. Things. We'll <laughs> see. Speaking of draft night, John. Oh um, yes, yes. Speaking of draft night, Andrew, <laughs> we have uh, an announcement to make. Um, people have been asking us what our plans for draft night are. We will be live on the KFS YouTube channel from seven thirty, the start of the draft. I. Uh, until nine. Now that's a tentative nine nine p.m. because this this front office has been known to um fuck shit up. So uh, <laughs> they could be trading down to seventeen, and then we're staying on longer. We will not like last year stay on until the fifty eighth pick in the draft. Uh, did we so stay on that long? You did. You stayed on to for the Jericho Sims pick, but I remember we. Were, I I said to you we could get off after twenty one. Then 19 and 21 became 25. Was it 33 and 35 or 34 and 36? Whatever. Well, 32 between became 34 and 36. Okay. So, and then you were at that point, it was like, I'm just going to stay on because for all we know, they're going to move up again. And then you stayed on. Regardless, we're going to be on uh, the YouTube channel, me, John, Jeremy, and I think potentially Ben. You got to double check with him. But the four of us will be on for draft night. Um, Join us live. Uh, join, join us in the chat, reacting live. We we also are aren't going to be turning our phones off for this. It, it's counterproductive. The draft gets spoiled by Woj and Shams throughout the night, so you're yep. going to be more reacting live to Twitter while we'll be watching the draft. Um, still, you'll be able to 
get our reactions to the tweets. And I've actually been getting my graphic in my in my graphic design bag, and I've been creating a, a board graphic so that way we can use it on draft night. That oh sweet, like shows up as we're. I'll be updating it live as the night goes on. So hopefully with nothing that makes anybody angry. Yes, hopefully. <laughs> okay, we're good. Now we're good. Okay. Take care, everybody. We'll see you later. Adios, <laughs> amigos. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.